Hi and welcome to the first ever Inclusive World podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and explore the power, beauty and strength that make up the queer and trans community. It is a wonderful community to be a part of and this podcast is meant to be emboldening and empowering. And I'm your host, Joe Nichols. Today, I'm joined by two wonderful people who are part of the Otherness Archive, its founder, Sweat Mother, and its curator, April Lynn. Both of these individuals are phenomenally talented creatives and are pioneering a space for trans representation as part of a digital archive. The Otherness Archive is a space online that is dedicated to documenting queer films and its pioneers, as well as a space for contemporary filmmakers. It began focusing on the trans mask experience, but it has expanded to include many representations of gender and sexual nonconformity. Thank you both so much, Sweatmother and April, for joining me on the podcast today. It would be lovely to hear a little bit more about yourselves and your practice. Would you mind introducing yourselves to our audience? Sweat, as you're the founder of the Otherness Archive, do you want to kick us off? Yes, thank you. We're very non-hierarchical here. I do appreciate going first. Thanks, April. Uh, yeah, I'd like to just introduce myself. My artist name is Sweat Mother. Everyone calls me Sweat for short. Yeah, my work started as being like an artist and filmmaker. So I have a lot of experience within that. And I started off as a found footage artist. So I have been diving into archives for most of my career over the last 16 years. And doing a lot of community work on the side, I am a co-organizer for London Trans Pride, or is it artist resident for Queer Rave Inferno, and yes, founder of other so much. And I love that you're expanding into so many different avenues and bringing that kind of interdisciplinary practice to your work. And then April, how does you. your curatorial management yes. kind of fit into this project? Outside of Otherness Archive, I work as an artist interdisciplinarily as well. So a lot of in moving image as well as in performance and some installation. But other than practicing as an artist, I also practiced as a curator. So the first time me and Otherness Archive crossed paths was back in January when together we kind of co-curated using films from the archive, a program for London Short Film Festival, which screened at the Institute of Contemporary Arts in London, or the ICA for short. And that was the first time we met. Other than that screening, I've also curated other short film programs that focus on queer cinema, usually more experimental films. And I think around, I would say, two, three months ago, maybe, I think Sweat first broached the idea of me joining Otherness Archive. So us kind of joining brain power and attention power and love power to think about how to yeah, sustain otherness archive so that it can continue to become a, a space that grows and is responsive to its community and keeps on putting different kinds of events and screenings that can at least try to attempt to show the real like, I don't know, not, I hate this word diversity. So maybe more like the range or like the potentiality of what the queer and the trans experiences. So that's what I'm kind of here to do. I'm here to like, yeah, make sure we, you know, have our feet like rooted in the ground but are also you know thriving and like striving 
to like bigger and better things. I love that. I always use the word complexity when I talk about the queer experience because I love the diversity, I love the multiplicity, but and it just like expands it into this wonderful melange of different ideas and identities. I think that sounds like an incredible pairing with you and the Otherness Archive. So we just heard about how you got engaged with the Otherness Archive, but Sweat, can you tell us a bit about how it all began? Like what brought you to creating this digital space? Mm, yeah, I think it's like a, a development of over uh, like a few years of um, having this idea, but also out of just, I guess, simply being or feeling othered in contemporary spaces, especially within like the filmmaker uh, community. I felt that joining women only spaces didn't really truly encompass my identity and also my lived experiences. And so my background within like Latinx culture my transness, I just feel like that otherness had to be, had to exist for myself to feel seen and kind of like heard. So when it was starting out, it wasn't the, the intention wasn't for it to be a community, but actually it's really surprising and also incredible that it has kind of shifted that way. I think that is largely because, you know, there are spaces, especially in London that use that tries to be inclusive, but they use, uh, mm. to me, exclusive language. So when they like talk about platforms or spaces that involve or are solely for women or tra- uh, women or non-binary people, I just feel like I can't exist in that space. And so complex reasons why Otherness Archive had to be created. Yeah, and I mean, when I exist. found Otherness Archive, I, I found it through Instagram, and I was really looking for a space of more positive inclusivity or more complex inclusivity. And I, for me, it's really shown me a whole world that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to experience. I love that otherness has become this galvanizing word for the people who follow you, basically, to have strength from that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Otherness is really also like the where the word othered. I feel like when I first came upon it, it was in this book by Ruby B. Rich, in which she's talking about Puerto Rican cinema and especially like gay Puerto Rican cinema in like the 1950s. And she was describing it as being othered. And I was thinking like how interesting that word is to describe um, homosexuality as being like the other genre, especially within film cinema. And how, like, actually, if anything, it's now kind of trickled down down into more marginalized groups where they are absolutely othered. If anything, they're invisible. And so I think that that word is now kind of being seen and used more. And we're starting to see it used in, like, institutional areas, which is great because it's recognition. But obviously, there's more there's more we need to do for these marginalized groups to be more visible. But it's great I mean I guess that's kind of where (laughs) April you come in and you're trying to expand maybe what the archive can present and its direction in different events Hmm. I think yeah there to be like a second pair of eyes as well for sweat so that sweat doesn't have to be the only person like in charge of such a big because it really is a really encompassing kind of approach I guess to community to cinema to art and it's a lot for one person to carry and I think I haven't been on board for that long but in the time that I have been on board it's been really generative to have yeah like the conversations we have about how we want to bring otherness archive into like a more physical and in a sense like like non-transient space feels really important like you know others archive is like here to stay and this is not the fault of any other space or institution that doesn't really get to survive because it's really hard out here 
you know, funding, defunding happening all the time. And you always see like different kinds of collectives and groups that emerge that are really exciting and that have a lot of traction, but then don't manage to really sustain themselves either because of like burnout or because of like different structural issues that mean that independent spaces don't get to live more than like two, three years. So I think, yeah, we're really aware of this and we're really aware that like we don't want Otherness Archive to be a thing of the past because it's always relevant and it's never not been relevant especially in the history of moving image, which, you know, was essentially like founded as a tool of like creating feelings of otherness. Completely. I love that awareness of the camera. When we think about the history of the camera, it's all about containment and objectification. And I think it's nice having watched some of the films that you've archived, seeing how people address the, the problematic nature of the camera, of the lens of being looked at, and actually trying to have an emotionality with the viewer, with the camera, with the direction. And so I was just wondering if there's been anything that you have sort of added to the archive or been a part of or watched or seen that has really helped you or stimulated you or is something that you would recommend people take time out of their day to watch? I mean, I have a few things on that. Yeah, like it's interesting you brought up like the camera as like, a, there's two things to this, but like the camera being used to like document otherness, but because like, recently I've been going into a program about trans uh, mask erotics through the cam hole. And in that kind of like, I guess like, like the films that I chose from the archive, they all utilize the camera as a way to like show what like the phantom penis can be or that like it can be actually anything. Like the camera is a tool to essentially like show an extension of our body and like navigate what transness is. And it's super exciting because like all these films exist on the archive. So something to look into with that. But I also have made a few notes because uh, there are some really incredible films to see. Um, there's too many good ones to see to just like list one. But uh, right now in London, we're going to be having Camp Trans come up, which is the kind of like contemporary version of Camp Trans. Uh, which will be July 20th to the 23rd. But Camp Trans existed beforehand. It was uh, founded by Leslie Feinberg and Ricky Ann Wilkins. Uh, and there's a really beautiful film created by Elliot Montague, which kind of highlights the original Camp Trans in the 1990s. So I can just kind of read a little synopsis. Camp Trans is a portrait of trans activists Leslie Feinberg and Ricky Ann Wilkins, who led a movement to end a trans-exclusionary women's music festival. So this is kind of like an extension of a web series that became an award-winning one in which like they talk about how they kind of had this thing that was against them and they reworked it so that it could be like something that in which the trans community could enjoy. So that exists on the archive. I got another one, which is a recent ad to the archive. It's called Whole by G. Goleskis. 2018 in Canada. It's a really special animation film. Uh, we follow Mo, who is an adult with autism spectrum disorder. Mo spends a lot of time in their brain, and today a hole started following them. It's a really beautiful recount of being autistic trans and navigating the world. That's another one I would suggest That sounds amazing. Watch. What about you, April? Has there been anything that you've done, maybe that mm -hmm. you've added in the last two months that have been empowering? I actually want to not pinpoint any favorites because there's so many I read this question I was like oh you know I would have a different answer depending on like different hour different mood different day 
So I feel like I can't, I can't, yeah. Totally. Sorry, when I said this question, I was a bit like, this is to me very unqueer because queerness is, is about non-hierarchy and being what is the one thing, what is the favourite? I always think that's minimising and what we should be doing is spreading the joy, maximising, going crazy. And so I was, oh, I don't want to do this, but if mm. you had to just go on the archive, mm. watch this right now, that's what I was sort of... I will respond instead, instead <laughs> by saying that there's so much on this archive, like different films beyond your imagination to fit like any different kind of mood or if you're feeling something that you want to uh, align or be stimulated more like intellectually or more like conceptually there's things for that and there's also things that draw on more like an intuitive or like an emotional or affective kind of response also things that are you know really really I don't know it's like we've been saying there's the, the trans inquiry experience is complex and this archive I think is also something this is also something that makes this archive quite unique is that it doesn't really define the boundaries of like what it wants to contain so there's really there's a lot in there I don't know you can just spend like hours and hours just going through yeah and you feel like you know the corners of the space but they just keep kind of shifting because it's like an ever-growing thing I'm sorry for putting you you through that stress of trying to pick one and I'm really (laughs) glad Sweat that you you were like "No, no, no no we're gonna do more than one we've got more to say yeah I mean like originally the the tagging system is supposed to be like or 12 categories like like we were only going to have 12 categories and it turned out to be like 104 just for the first launch because there was too many ways to label or address the work to just like confine it into 12 spaces I guess that's really interesting I was just going to ask if you wanted to explain a bit more about how you archive a work is there a selection process how can people navigate to the thing that might stimulate them at that moment you know what what is the process yeah um organizationally the works are archived into like three different places we have a deck a text-based archive as well as hard drive like physical space where they exist on hard drives, and then also the digital archive itself, so the back end. And we kind of separate it into title, artist name, date, origin, film, the categories, and additional notes so that the artist can like leave something that's really valuable to them. And we can include it into like the description, whether that be like the historical importance or the artists that they were inspired by, or like even something that's like just like a personal story, why what made them motivated them to make it. So there's like a lot of just like real personal, intimate experiences for each artist to like have if they wanted it. How do you go about acquiring these things? Or are you looking for different categories? I mean, we're now in a time of quite strong trans oppression, silencing. Is there something that you do respond to these kind of changes of political and social development or are you just nurturing young queer trans filmmakers yeah I mean it's really I think you had asked beforehand like what was surprising about the archive and like what is surprising is that I think the intention of like creating it wasn't to like necessarily have you know x amount of works being submitted But if anything, like the first call out, we got 300 submissions and that was like way above like how what our expectations. And so just within that first few months of 300 films, the incredible amount of work that was submitted, both like personally, politically, just varies. And if anything, it shows how many incredible trans artists exist today. And also the just the need for, I guess, their work to be placed somewhere. It it needs to be visibly seen because so much of the work that I was like looking before this launched 
was just sitting kind of in the ether of Vimeo or YouTube and not really having the the views or the space to like put it in a place where people can like view. I guess to follow up on the point around like trans oppression, I think you named it as, as far as I'm aware, it's not something that we take into account when selecting or approving submissions and like having it as part of the like official guidelines of what needs or cannot can be included in the archive but I think I can speak for both me and Sweat when we say that it's quite a big part of like the programming work especially since like you know you're thinking about the audience you're thinking about the context of this event and like what it's going to ripple out into and like what's going on in the world in the country in the city at the same time of this event I think it's it's always relevant and it's never not been relevant but maybe more so these past couple of months this past year it's really been dialing up to a space where it's like there's no way that I feel at least as a creator you can put on a film screening that platforms like trans mask or trans films and trans experiences without somehow naming the fact that this screening even occurring is uh, to some people some kind of threat or some kind of like ideological strategy or some kind of tactic and in so in turn it's even more important than ever that these films get to be seen for what they are like on their own term and outside of like mainstream media representation of what like transness is yeah and I feel like that level of understanding is also really important to any people who externally want to bring otherness archive in to do something on like their venue or like in their space that it's clear you know that it's not good and easy being queer and trans and then also these existences in our lives are not subject to debate you know, they are real and deserve to be seen as real. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's interesting because I was just thinking then about you mentioning it's quite threatening to people outside of the queer trans community, but actually for people like us who are within it, seeing these films can bring such joy, they can bring out emotions, they can bring out truth, and it can be a really nourishing experience rather than being a threatening one. It can be one of embrace and support. And that's what I kind of love about Otherness Archive is it, it really gives that opportunity and then sweat you talked about visibility and how important it is to be seen often as queer trans people we are bombarded with like advertisements tv shows films that just like do not include us and it's just so amazing to have a space that you've created and are developing further so it becomes even more prevalent in our lives like you talked about all these physical projects and things like that that are coming up I was just wondering if whether working on this project has helped solidify you or supported yourself or it's helped develop you. So many ways to answer this question. Well, that, yeah, for me, I'm always looking queer joy. I feel like I'm often so bombarded with anxiety and worry and I would just, I need a release. Sometimes watching these films is that is a release I then am seen and I can move on and I can be like, yes, we are going to survive. We are going to thrive. And, and it really helps me. Uh, so I just was wondering if there's been moments when it's helped you. Mm, definitely. I would say maybe one way to summarize, I think, the things that I've, in a sense, learned and gained from my experience of working with Otherness Archive is like the importance of visibility, but not just visibility for visibility's sake, for like visibility on our own terms. And just thinking about how easy it can be for visibility to slip into hyper-visibility, where it becomes kind of a place of like, 
threat or vulnerability, you know, or non-accountability. But actually us creating the space and maintaining the space on our own terms is something that's really, really powerful and something that I don't experience that much in my own practice because you're like, I'm an individual moving through, you know, the art world and the art sector on my own. But in doing this collectively, there's a whole different kind of power to it. And that I've been really moved by that. And that's something that I yeah, well, something I want to keep cultivating, but it just keeps nourishing itself, you know. And I guess that ties in with what you were saying about being surprised about creating a community. You know, that must be really powerful to be, to brought all these people together. Yeah, thanks April for saying that. I think that this project has been probably like the, <laughs> the most emotional project I've ever done. It requires so much space if done authentically that in which I have to hold for each artist because we are always as trans people and transformations, you know, and so that might mean that our name or our pronouns are changing. And, you know, that means then changing that like on the archive and make sh- making sure that the artists are happy and, you know, holding space for that. I think uh, on the emotional side, it's been such a great gift to have these one-on-one experiences with not everyone, you know, but with certain people about which like a film has shaped them or changed their them in some way or offered insight into their own journey or have made them feel less alone. And there has been an experience that I've been able to like share with one, at least one person from every screening that we've had physically and also the amount of personal writings that I've received from the archive being launched have been over. It's just been overwhelming and and very special and affirming for myself to as like a reminder to keep going because I would say that this work is very is very tiring and and also especially because it doesn't generate any income right now and that's that's how it was meant to be originally you know not to have, be some type of money maker. But sustainability is a real thing. And for how large it's grown for over just one year, we need to think about how to decrease burnout, like uh, April mentioned earlier, and uh, sustainability for ourselves and that, you know, trans people should be able to relax and also rest is something that now I'm newly trying to navigate given how big the 2022 was for otherness archive now it's kind of the other side and trying to understand that but to summarize yeah this has been a huge huge gift to myself personally and professionally as an artist that's incredible I mean is there anything that people can do to kind of help the otherness archive what is going to happen moving forward for the otherness archive is there anything that's happening this summer that people can come to and support you with yes so we've been actually asked by tate to join to join them on taking over their cinema for the evening so we will be sharing a screening on rage joy grief and play the synopsis is as trans people we hold moments of joy euphoria and play in one hand and grief sorrow and anger in the other. Soaking in joy and celebration of our communities is necessary to our survival, while recognizing that our happiness is based on our safety and well-being is non-negotiable. In this film program, we share how joy and laughter are necessary in our lives, because joy and rage can sometimes be one of the same, especially when combating anti-trans laws and legislations to carve out a space for trans plus lives to thrive. This program will be curated by myself and April Lynn. So it'll be a selection of work that you can see 
and drop into so there's no like designated time it should be quite relaxed amazing and there are there dates for that already online yes that will be on june 10th fantastic that's at the tape britain on june 10th and we're all gonna be there <laughs> thank you that's incredible i mean what a phenomenal thing to have the tapes platform to expand on hopefully that will bring you know more people into the otherness archive community and people can be inspired and nourished and feel encouraged that strength that you were talking about I think that's so important to find that strength within our community definitely we're trying we're going to go hard with this program because we want to bring in works that would probably otherwise not be shown in a place such as Tate it's going to be a really good one so interesting thinking about so many dichotomies in that of like love and grief they do go hand in hand pain and joy with the trans queer experience it is all about being able to handle these extreme different emotions and identities and moments in your life so yeah I think that would be a really really valuable screening mm -hmm. um, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up I wanted to give you any time to say anything that we might have missed or expound on queer joy or any kind of encouragement because that's sort of really what I'm want to create so yeah otherness archive was historically like has been non-hierarchical sometimes volunteer-led but has always given those like involved total creative freedom and now that me and april are two-person structured team we share organizational responsibilities and then have the occasional commissions and curation jobs in which we are able to pass on to others to give opportunities to them to curate and not necessarily people who are designated curators or have a history of it it's more of like community-based decisions. So that's kind of like how the team is starting to be structured and like organized as we move on. That's amazing. I love that queer inclusivity. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, I just wanted to chip in and say that dividing the work is done on a like capacity-centered basis. Again, going back to the fact that we want to make sure that this archive can be sustained into the long term, which then needs a team that is able to prioritize their own well-being. But yeah, other than means that there is also a team of volunteers who all take turns to sustain the space in their free time and whom we are very grateful to. And this includes uh, Alicia, May, Hand, Mona, Eva, and the Museum of Transology team, Ant, Saris, Alex, Charlie. And yeah, like Sweat mentioned, there's also a team of digital curators who are, and researchers who are brought on on a more project-to-project -project basis and also kind of help enrich the archive and bring their own specific specialties or interests and experiences in the curation. That's really project. cool. I love that like you've brought in this community online but you've also got your own community of curators together. It was really beautiful. Yeah, it's really interesting actually. Majority of us existed solely digitally for a long time because some of the researchers do live outside of the UK. Some of the volunteers live outside of the UK. So it's quite interesting to have this kind of pen pal relationship online uh, virtually and like to share just like a relationship with someone who we've never physically met it's been a really like amazing experience in that way to get to know one another through like I guess technology I wanted to just add that currently our first iteration of the uh, archive started out being focused on the transmasculine experience and when we use the word transmasculine we are referring to all the nuances of the transmask experience in moving image work and to the various expressions of masculinity found across the trans community including but not limited to trans men non-binary people dykes butches bull daggers crow daggers studs and gender non-conforming people we really want to deconstruct like 
the heteropatriarchal barriers to access, such as age restrictions and the mislabeling that further obscures trans works of art. And given like what we're able to obtain financially uh, in the coming months in the year, we will we hope to expand the archive to focusing on like variations of femininity and like opening up so that it encompasses kind of all trans experiences. So, I mean, we're kind of going in that direction already. There are lots of films that focus on femininity as an expression, which you can see still in the archive. But yeah, I wanted to mention that, but it's solely based on like how we're able to sustain ourselves moving forward. Yeah. I mean, do you have any kind of donations or anything that people can do to help with that and film acquisition? Or is that all to do with separate funding? Yeah. Given the work we do, we should have way bigger finances, like way, way bigger funding. Right now, we have a very uh, humble PayPal link. It's PayPal slash me at Otherness Archive. So yeah, that would be really great if anyone has you know you know a few uh, pounds to spare to buy me an april coffee or something amazing and where else can people find the otherness archive yeah i mean we exist at othernessarchive.com and also on instagram at otherness archive uh, which is otherness dash archive and it's incredible let me tell you like i follow it and it's amazing is that correct? We better make sure that that is correct. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm like, is that correct? I've never had I've never had to say it out loud. So is there a dash? It's an interesting thing to say. Yeah, it's otherness underscore archive. Oh, underscore. Look at this too. Underscore. Should I say it again? Yeah. Should we, should we re-record it? I quite like this mistake. <laughs> Embrace the error. With, yes. Que- queering proper yeah, spelling. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if if the queers and trans want to find it, they will find it. Yeah, nothing's going to stop them. (laughs) And when they find the Otherness Archive, they'll be even more unstoppable because of Mm, how, like, fierce it is. I actually do have another thing I want to add. Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay, if you are interested, and I'm speaking to the listener, if you were interested in submitting your own work or have a friend who who feels like they, you know, belong in this archive, they want their work preserved. We are always having our submissions open on a rolling basis. You can uh, find it on the website on the digital archive underneath the information page to submit your work and or in the link in our bio on Instagram. And also our pledge to you if you submit your work to us is that if we ever decide to show it physically, you will always be paid because we do understand that, you know, artwork is directly connected to your livelihood and you also need to survive so that's something in which we deeply believe in and we'd love to see your work incredible i think we should all start submitting build that archive let it grow crash that server solidify (laughs) ourselves yeah yeah take up all of that data you know yeah yeah we'll have to make you buy like loads more hard drives or something where yeah wouldn't that be funny if like all of the queer trans people submitting it with it with became the reason why you couldn't survive because they made you buy so much stuff. I mean, that's an actually interesting topic we yeah. could really go into about yeah. sustainability digitally. Mm. Um, but it's something in which like, I don't think I anticipated. I think it's an interesting thing about what is sustainable when it's digital. Mm. And so the server we have is like our own personal one. But however, with the amount of work you take, you have to host it. And so that data in gigabytes just keeps growing and it costs more money than to host that. So again, we were so taken aback that there were so many submissions. So I didn't anticipate the the finances for every month to host the work. 
So now we're in this place of trying to like strategize about how to show the work and pay for those bills. And so it is exciting that they, that people are submitting all of this, all their stills, all their films, but yeah, now it's a whole new navigation in regards to sustainability with the digital realm. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole new world that we're kind of going into and, and with queerness, it's, you know, sustainability is so important. And it's about like, how do we care for the environment, our longevity, and not falling into those heteronormative patriarchal constructs of abuse the environment, make profit, do all of that. And like, it must be very hard to balance those things when that's what the internet is kind of asking of you to do. Like, it's quite a complicated issue. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think it's still a really interesting one and one that we might save for another podcast. I think so. I definitely think so, because I could really go into this and I think it's not talked about enough because a lot of the things in which people are doing are have a digital, you know, footprint. Mm, mm. But like how to preserve, I'm using quotation marks, mm. because it is, you know, we are entering this like new kind of exciting chapter of archiving. But like, what does archiving mean if we can't continue to preserve it? If we're unable to mm. sustain it, either the codecs, the files, how to change with technology how to host it, how to save it with the many hard drives you might need, the servers. It is it is a very interesting conversation that I think needs to be had more so we can basically do what we're saying mm. we're going to do, you know, to preserve the longevity. There's an interesting link there between like technological obsolescence and kind of the obsolescence of like the queer experience where you're always trying to like survive and trying to like, you know, grow, grow roots and be like totally. permanent and visible. But then, you know, things move. And you need to move with totally. it. What things do you accept in that struggle to always stay present and visible? Yeah. And I think then right here is a true reflection as to like how most trans and queer like archives aren't getting enough funding. Like the ones that are able to be preserved in museums or historically like, you know, have the right backing to not feel burnt out, to have the right technology and the right tools to have this preservation continue yeah but I mean I love everything that you've just said about like being present I think that goes back to so many things that we've already discussed about being able to have rest representation recover and be present very rare that in in queer and trans lives you can be present because you're we've got so many threats coming about our future and we've got such a legacy from the past it's really hard to be comfortable and stable in the present so I think there's some lots of lovely elements that we can save for another conversation great thank you so much well, thank you so much, Sweat. Thank you so much, April. Thank you for joining me. And I really hope we can come back and maybe do another one in a month or so or two months or whenever you're you're free. Maybe after your take extravaganza and we can hear about how that went. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. It's been lovely mm. to meet you as well. Thank you so much. I've learned so much. And I'm going to go into this evening and be inspired and encouraged. Ooh. Don't forget to check out the Otherness Archive online at othernessarchive.com, their Instagram, otherness underscore archive. And don't forget that every Thursday there will be a new episode of Inclusive World podcast dropping. You can check us out online at inclusive.world, that's N-C-L-U-S-I-V dot world. Or you can check us out on Instagram at inclusive.world, N-C-L-U-S-I-V dot world for more information, more inspiration, and also have a look at our amazing apparel designs for you. And I'll see you next week. Bye!